Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. So this week on the podcast, we had a sit-down chat with Lucy Lismore, and this is a really interesting story. Lucy's been sort of through a real transformation with her, her own kind of physical health and well-being, but also her calisthenics training. And you can see that um, th- through the conversation that she is now super, super passionate about the benefits of calisthenics. And, and what was particularly nice for us was a lot of the things that we hold really dear and close to within calisthenics, things like community, progression, redefining your impossible, growth mindset, all of those things um, come out in Lucy's story and hopefully this is going to be a really motivating and, and inspiring one for you to listen to. Yeah her personal story and, and transformation is certainly going to inspire a lot of you out there and uh, and if you do if you are a little bit inspired and motivated and think yes you know what I want to get a little bit further into my, my calisthenics training well then we'd love you to come over to uh, join us in the virtual classroom become an online member of the School of Calisthenics and take up or you can you can, you can try out those memberships with the seven day free trial we have our our bodyweight basics program which gets you started um, with those basic foundations if you're just a beginner but then we've also got all those specific movements if you want to learn some of the cool stuff like the handstand the muscle up that lucy mentions uh, human flags and an awful lot more so in this one, we're going to cover weight loss with calisthenics, body transformation. We're going to start talking about how you can rock up at your local calisthenics park and just get involved in the bars, even as a complete beginner. What happens when you bust through plateaus and just the awesomeness of everything that is calisthenics. So sit back and enjoy Lucy Lismore on the School of Calisthenics podcast. Roll that jingle. <laughs> So Lucy, welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast. We're delighted to to spend some time chatting to you today about all things calisthenics, about being calisthenics training as, as a female, and then also you've got an amazing background and story. So welcome to uh, to the podcast today. Thank you so much. No, it's really good to be here. Um, so just first of all, um, for you know, if there's a couple of listeners here that haven't come um, across you, you've just got big YouTube following and, and on Instagram as well, but. Just give a bit of a, an insight into your um, your background. Um, and I was trying to think of ways to say this in a way that wasn't um, you're like your transformation. I'm just going to come out and say your transformation is one of those. And I said to Tim before um, we came on air, I said, it's one of those things where you wouldn't. It's a bit like Tim's handstand. People think Tim's always been able to do a handstand. <laughs> like they've, they haven't seen like I I'm one of those special people that have seen the early days of like when <laughs> no, we couldn't do anything. Oh, yeah. You know, you're you're. You're the same in terms of like no gymnastics background, but yeah. your transformation from, um, you know, where you're at to where you are now, um, obviously it's a podcast, so we haven't got the visuals, but people can, can see those things, but just give the listeners a bit of a, um, an insight into, to what that was like, and then we'll delve into the ins and outs of it. Sure. Yeah. So I guess I'll start back at the beginning. So when I was younger, I was never really into sport. Like you say, no gymnastics background, not flexible, not a sporty person in any way. And I um, just sort of grew up doing some sports at school, but I really disliked PE. I really hated it. didn't look forward to it. And then um, as I grew up through my teenage years, started to put on a bit of weight. And uh, again, I wasn't very active at all was had no interest in it either and then when I was 18 I moved to Australia and from there I actually put on a lot more weight so I got to a point where I was quite overweight and um, and I, I realized probably about six years into living in Australia that there was really something I needed to do about it and that was the point really that I decided to educate myself on nutritional principles and 
exercise principles, but I still didn't know a huge amount. So I've come from a place where I had absolutely no education, no clue, like a lot of people do nowadays. And um, I, I just changed small little things. So I changed my diet slightly and I started doing just hit DVDs at home to buy a hit. Um, in my lounge room in my apartment and I did those religiously day in day out for about six days a week and gradually the weight came off so I lost about 30 kilos in total and then I continued on that path just doing sort of hit barter that sort of thing and doing a little bit of running so how long um, so how long was sorry. so how long ago was that or what was the time I was frame probably about? about 25 at the time so it probably took me about six or seven months to lose the majority of the weight so I was doing those six or seven duties. months to lose 30 kilo yeah so that's like I half guess of it, tim yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was like at the time it didn't feel super long and i suppose it's really not a long time at all um but i'd got to a point where i was at a healthy weight and um and just i think one thing that i think when i look back is people always say where where did the motivation come from or how did you keep going or what did when did you reach your goal but i never really had a specific goal it was just for me just training and doing something that was good for my body and uh, I was really enjoying it. So um, yeah, I got to six months and I guess I realized I'd got to a healthy weight and so I was pretty happy with where I was at and I just went on maintaining that for a little while. And then um, once I'd maintained that, I, I'd come back to England for nine months and put on a little bit of weight, you know, that English stuff. <laughs> doesn't help in the dark winter nights. Um, and then I went back to Australia to go to uni. And then when I went to uni, that's when I sort of put a little bit more weight back on just because I was studying, I was working night shift. So, and where I worked had unlimited food 24 seven. So it's quite hard to resist. Yeah, that helped. And I put about, <laughs> yeah, and I put about 10 kilos on and I I'd sort of started to notice there was a couple of changes. And that's really when um, calisthenics comes into it because I had noticed I needed to lose a little bit more weight and really just tighten the reins a little bit again where I'd loosen them up and I also had set myself a new resolution that year to be able to do a chin up I'd never been able to it never really been in my mind but I think yeah. if I look back I'd seen somebody another girl on Instagram do it and I thought oh that looks pretty pretty cool and yeah. I wish I could do that so I set myself the goal and I sort of started stumbling down this rabbit hole of calisthenics and you know, at the time I had no idea what calisthenics was. I couldn't say the word. It took me a good seven or eight months to be able to pronounce it properly. And uh, <laughs> I just had no clue. But um, I, I just started falling down a strap and I started researching stuff on Instagram, YouTube, just following people that were doing similar stuff to chin-ups and trying to copy what they were doing. And that was things like handstands or even pistol squats. Um, then obviously the fundamentals, push-ups. And, and I just slowly started building up and I realized how much fun it was and it just grew from there how long ago then how long ago was that that so transition I, you're going changing sort of tact and going into a little bit more specific calisthenics so i was probably it was probably two years after i'd lost the weight so i'd stayed pretty consistent with where i had been for about two years so i was about 27 or 28 so I was how, yeah, yeah. So how, how, how long ago is that oh sorry from now that would have been three years ago in 30 three years ago cool. yeah so um about three years ago is when I started my journey. And I, I mean, I couldn't even hold myself up in a bar and I was just full straight off like a rock. And I started just working my way up and, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the right progressions or anything like that. I was just doing stuff that I thought was fun. I created a little home gym in my house and um, I had a little mount, door mounted pull-up bar. Every time I walked past, I'd hang off it or try to pull myself up on it and fail usually. Yeah. But eventually, <laughs> eventually it happened. 
And I realized when I achieved it for the first time, it was just the most amazing feeling and I loved it so much. And um, so not only was I seeing progress in that regard, but my, my body was changing. I, I was losing weight, but not having to make any effort to. I was getting a lot stronger. My coordination and proprioception was getting better. And I was just, I was just having so much fun, but I was also like driving my friends and family absolutely crazy because I was ranting and raving about this type of training that they didn't, didn't know about, they'd never heard of. And they were quite frankly, so sick of me wanting to go to like Ninja Warrior gyms and <laughs> on monkey bars everywhere I went. So um, that's when I created my Instagram account and I just started to show my progress and just put up little clips of my training, just again, just for fun. And um, I managed to connect with a couple of people who were doing it in Melbourne where I was living at the time and that was really when it started to become an obsession rather than just you know something I was having fun with and uh, probably the biggest part of why I stuck with it so long is just the community that mm. I found within calisthenics and it's something that I talk about all the time especially and I'm sure we'll get into it later but from a female perspective in a very often male dominated type of training or sport yeah. it can seem quite daunting but I have only ever felt that I've been so fully accepted and that everyone wants to see everyone succeed and help them. And that was something that was so nice for me. For someone that I was, I was a super shy person um, and I still had hung on to a lot of these issues of being overweight and feeling like I was still that person. So it was nice to come into these parks or come into these training places and be treated like, almost, almost like a superstar. They'd come in, they'd be like, oh, a girl's here. Oh wow, that's amazing. It's so cool to see someone getting what they, they loved it, you know? And it was- Does that feel really, patronizing, really nice. like at um, all? No, or that I don't think it did. Um, I I can see where you're coming from, but yeah. well, no, I, I, mean, I can it. imagine like like saying that in a and not not trying to be patronized. Just then, as you said it, thinking like, would someone be? Would that be? Yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah, I don't, I don't think so. It just felt very much included, like you were being included because it was so, the first day I ever walked up into one of the outdoor parks that we had in Australia. I was so daunted. It's one of these ones that's super cool near the beach. Everyone's topless and training and all this, and it's you know it's a place to be. Everyone's got music going, and it's it's pretty scary to walk up to that alone as a beginner, um, and also as a girl when it's all men. And like I would often be the only girl at the park, and I was so scared the first time and then I realized that everyone they just wanted to to be friends and they wanted to help you and they wanted to train with you and it wasn't like it was actually they would come up to you and talk to you rather than maybe the guys that were there as well and that was nice so yeah no it definitely didn't feel patronizing but it felt the other way it felt very like you were being included and they wanted to help so it was really really nice. Was that quite different Lucy to what experiences that you'd have um, of fitness or gym training before prior to sort of finding calisthenics? Yeah, so um, before, to be honest with you, I'd never stepped foot in a gym. I was petrified of the places, which is ironic because I'm now a trainer. But um, <laughs> before that, I was very much a lone trainer. So I did all these DVDs in the privacy of my apartment. No one ever saw me train. The first time I went out running, I'd already lost most of the weight and I just wanted to see how far I could run. So I'd go out for a run, but again, I'd run on my own. So it was always on my own with no one else. So then suddenly going to a place where calisthenics very collaborative and it's all about helping each other and sort of trying new things and everyone's got a slightly different technique and different level of where they're at. So that was completely different for me, but actually very, very nice feeling. Yeah. I wanted to just go back to something you said right at the beginning, actually. Um, 
for people that are listening that are thinking that they want to change a behavior or a um, a certain lifestyle that they're they're in just go back to like you you you've gone from a point where you realized you got quite a lot of weight that you wanted to lose and it seems that you went like hard out and you just you just started talk yeah. to me about about that behavior change and was it what what flicked the switch and have you got the sort of personality that you're all in if you're going to do something or did, did is there anything you could kind of advise people on around getting started if they want to make a change it's an interesting one. So I remember my sort of light bulb aha moment and I was watching a TV show called The Biggest Loser and they came back with, they'd been on a transformation and they'd gone away for three months, come back and they looked, you know, great. And and I looked at them and thought, yep, they look super happy and they look amazing, they look healthy and that's what I want. And I literally remember sitting there that night, getting my laptop out and Googling, okay, what can I do to lose weight? Going on forums and trying to find what I should do because prior to that, I just had no clue and I remember just thinking I just wish somebody would tell me exactly what to eat and exactly how to train so I I was very much set from that point that that was what's going to happen and I always sort of refer to it as it kind of became the new teeth brushing so it's just something that we don't necessarily want to do every single day we don't look forward to but we just have to looking after our health whether it's moving our bodies and just eating well to fuel our bodies as well and it wasn't ever restrictive or difficult in my opinion it wasn't even there was no times where I lacked motivation or I worried I was plateauing or making no progress because it literally was just one of those things where I felt like this is this is what I'm doing now and this is my life um, but in terms of my attitude in general I, I do tend to be quite committed to a cause when I do it but um, I, I don't remember at the time being super all in like this is me I'm I'm so determined to do this in that regard like I, I can't fail it was just a way of life now and so I often say to people that you, you do need to find that aha moment yourself you need to find that reason yourself because you can look externally for it but you're always going to have to work out what's your reason why and that has to be an important reason and then the second thing is to stop procrastinating because I spent years and years procrastinating and it's so easy to sit there frozen into inaction because you don't know what to do. Um, but it's actually extremely simple. You know, if you want to lose weight or if you want to get stronger, uh, if you want to start calisthenics or whatever you want to do, start a business, anything, the first step is always going to be the hardest one, but it's obviously the most important one to back being cheesy or anything like that. But yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's often so hard to take the first step, but it's just important. It, it gets the ball rolling. And so, trying not to procrastinate and just taking the step and not overthinking it overthinking it is just such a big one like i literally spent years overthinking everything and i wasted so many years probably mm. doing that you know and i could have done this a lot a lot sooner um so yeah and, and tell me about when you went to that that so you've gone from that point where you've made quite a big lifestyle shift in terms of how you you're looking to to eat and train and move and live and all that sort of stuff for somebody who's going through that same process of looking at calisthenics, thinking, crikey, it looks difficult. Like Jackie always says, like, you see what, what, what he and I can do now. And this yeah. is not me trying to sound like egotistical talks. I, I don't think I'm still doing that good, really. But um, <laughs> like, you won't believe where we've come from because we properly started at the beginning. So people go, it's all right for you guys because you can do this sort of stuff. But we've all had to make that point where we go, I'm going to try something new. And we were broken rugby players with no gymnastics background. And we were proper toilet when we started. Like we were really bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, we had some strength training background, but there's still that point of we had to put ourselves out there. And the reason yeah. 
probably why I found that I could get on board with it. I was a strength and conditioning coach. I actually got to the point where I've done that much weird stuff in the gym. I don't really care what people thought about me anymore because I thought I knew more than most people anyway. Because as a coach, you kind of just know, you understand the training process, but (laughs) I didn't really care. But then I was doing it with Jacko. So we had a little bit of a comfort blanket of each other. Of It's Mm. much more... Uh, comfortable to look stupid with somebody else than it is by yourself right so I'm interested at your point though for you to walk into an outdoor gym in calisthenics trying to do your first pull-up like that's a ballsy move like for for anybody um talk to me about that desire to go and get started so if someone wants to go to a gym and they're intimidated like they're probably feeling very much similar to what, what you did yeah, hundred percent, and and it is super daunting. And I remember at first uh, there was often times I would try to go to the park when it was quiet, so I'd be there at the crack of dawn, and um, you know I would try not to take much equipment, so like my resistance bands, and I would maybe do a flyby at, at the beginning just to see see who was there and that sort of thing. And the, I was quite fortunate that where you parked, you could see it from a distance, so you could kind of work out if there was anyone there. Um, so it was very daunting, and I think that's for me where beauty of calisthenics comes into it because I could do it at home as well and so it's something that I found very accessible in terms of I could do it at the gym I could do it at home or I could do it at the park and as I started to gain confidence and also more importantly make friends through it I started to gain confidence in going to those outdoor parks or going to the gym and doing it Um, and that's where it came from but initially it was super daunting and I used the comfort of my own home to do it but it was perfect for me because you can, you know, you, all you need is a door mounted pull-up bar and a couple of resistance bands yeah. and that's it. You don't even need that much space. So, you know, if there's anyone who was looking to get into it and was feeling those same feelings, which is completely normal, like you say, it's, it's not the most normal style of training. Um, so if you go into a gym and you start doing it, people usually will look and they're interested and they find it really, really interesting. And when I started tra- training in a gym at my uni, just because it was convenient, people would come up to me and they'd be like, what are you, what are you training for? Are you training for like Ninja Warrior or for like gymnast? Are you a gymnast? I was like, me, a gymnast? No, definitely not. But they, they find it fascinating because mm. it's just slightly outside the norm. And a lot of them haven't actually heard of it. So if you can get past the fact that people will look and they'll be interested, then actually it's quite a nice feeling that people like your style of training. Um, but the great thing is that you can do it at home as well and you can just do it wherever you want. I think my last point, Jack, I can see you've got yeah. a question coming up. But just to, to wrap this section up, I think you've made two really good points there about like feeling like you want to get started and having the confidence to go and do it. But then also people can be confident or assured that they're stepping into a welcoming community as in as intimidating yeah. as some of the stuff might look like that's that's been our experience we would like go to yeah. the park in the early days and there'd be somebody else doing pull-ups and we just start a conversation like it was super yeah. super easy and one of the things that drew us, us in was having done years of strength training or olympic lifting and all that sort of stuff where it's headphones in hat on don't talk to me all of a sudden i was in an type of movement training where people wanted to help me uh, and then yeah. I wanted to help other people and that's one of the biggest things for us around community so I think you just you made some points there which are so so key to what the real joy of calisthenics is yeah no I definitely agree 100% yeah, I think there's there's some I'm just thinking of that scenario now as you're talking Tim going when you when someone you can see someone else is doing some like calisthenics the, the conversation's often a little bit easier because you'd sort of go over and be like oh mate well like what what you're working on or something like that. And it might be, cause you can see they're like trying to do something. Whereas you wouldn't go up to someone in the squat rack and go, Hey mate, what are you working on? Cause it'd be like, <laughs> I'm working on my squats now. Or during the only question you'd normally do is you'd be like, oh, hi mate. How many sets have you got left? So I can have a go. 
it's, um, a, it's a bit like one up to somebody in a gym and going, how much do you bench? Bro. It's just, yeah, not going to go down How much do you muscle up? But no, one was, no one's like, I've never found that there's never really been, we used to refer to it as peacocking and we've come across a couple of key peacocks in calisthenics because it, you get them with any kind of form of people yeah. of, a, of, a, of um, a physical of activity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we may have peacocked ourselves once or twice. Um, but it's not that many. It's not, it's really not that... Um, it's yeah it's, they're, they're few and far between and, and whether it's a gym or outdoor like you say in the park or even if you're doing it online it's um that yeah i think it's really it's really reassuring to hear that other people get that same experience and we've always wanted to try and help and welcome people in with that same like open eyes just come and learn the most important yeah. thing is that you are here and then now we can kind of help you with, with whatever we've learned along the way yeah, yeah. and i agree that's the great thing is that you can have someone who could be at the top of their game in calisthenics. I feel like there's always more to learn in calisthenics. Yeah. I don't think you can ever be at the top, but you can have someone who can do things like human flag, front levers and planches, and they'll see someone who's trying to do a push up or a pull up or anything, even an, an L sit or something, and they will be super supportive and they will remember where they've come from because yeah. everyone in calisthenics really did start. No one grabbed onto a bar and suddenly found doing, you know, back lever easy. Yeah. So yeah. it's nice like that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was, um, I've got a couple of questions about sort of like mindset and motivation I wanted to ask you about. But sure. just to touch on one thing that um, you both mentioned that last conversation around um, the fact that in calisthenics, you've got to like put yourself, if you're going to do, you know, you could just stick to the basics and not really do, if you're in the gym just doing pull-ups, push-ups and dips, no one's going to think that that's like a bit wacky, a bit crazy, a bit out there. But when you start to try and do some things that you can't necessarily do yet or are a little bit different it really does challenge us mentally to like just go you know you both said about like not being not being afraid to like look silly or feel silly um and i just think that that's like the calisthenics is a tool to allow us to like break that barrier and break those chains off um, yeah. and it could be you know people might do it in other other forms of things but i think calisthenics allows you with your training if you're into your training it allows you to like just release from that and not be afraid of whether someone thinks you're stupid or not the same way then when you like i don't know like worry about what someone thinks of your haircut or your any other things i mean when you've been out there and you've put yourself out there and you've just like gone yeah this is me and i'm trying to do this thing like i don't actually care what anyone thinks anymore and the reality is there's not not everyone else is looking at us anyway we just think that in our heads but from a from a mindset perspective it 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 gives us that opportunity to challenge ourselves to like just be a little bit freer and let that transcend through other areas of our life. But with your motivate, with your, I'm, I'm going to, I want to dig just a tiny bit deeper if we can and see, but I'm going to give you two questions so that if there isn't anything deeper, then we could just move on. But when you said like the changes that you'd made and you were like, um, I had that aha moment. I was watching Biggest Lose and it was like, right now I'm going, now all of a sudden I'm going to lose like 30 kilo in the next seven months. Like, I'm what alarm bell in my head is like there, there must be something deeper behind that because as soon as something starts to become um difficult that like the, I just feel like there must be there must be something and I might be wrong but is there is there anything deeper behind that because and because the, the second part of the question is when things were difficult when things are difficult when people are first starting out you get some like easy wins and it and it motivates you and feels yeah. good but also you know um for you you there must have been plenty of times where like stuff you were doing just felt rubbish. Like we've all had it where like, it just feels like rubbish. 
when we're starting out because we're still trying to build up strength and it feels like ah, like and that's where that like deeper motivation or reasoning why you're doing it allows you to stay consistent because presumably having to stay with a level of consistency is what is going to give you those the, the sort of transformation you had um is there any is there anything yeah. deeper and what any advice for people when they're starting out to go when it feels rubbish like keep going because to think about these things yeah, I mean, when I started out, my my body just didn't move well. And, you know, even if it's something like a mountain climber, you know, and I see it all the time in, in clients as well. When, you, when you're taking someone who's a, a beginner, maybe who's been sedentary for such a long time, your body just doesn't doesn't have the coordination. It doesn't really know where it is in space. It's, it just doesn't move well. And yeah. I was in that position where, you know, even bending down and touching the floor was challenging. You know, doing a wall sit, the idea of doing a push-up was a far-fetched dream for me um and these dvds that i had picked up i mean i didn't know at the time i just picked them up they were they were very hard and they were definitely to a level that i was not able to do so the first time i did them i could barely get through the warm-up and i think for me that was a wake-up call to just how out of shape i was in terms of my cardiovascular health my general fitness and as somebody who was 25 i shouldn't have been in that that position and I think for me that was a big motivator to keep going so did you feel Um, like I should be able to do this this my my health has got to the point where I've let it slip type of thing and it was a yeah it was almost like frustrating that that felt difficult and it shouldn't have felt as difficult as it did like it shouldn't have felt nearly impossible um you know I could do those dvds today and they'll still feel hard um but it was at the time practically impossible um so that was everyone's like what are these dvds I'm thinking p90x right (laughs) literally they're just like these just hardcore hit dvds but they were just non-stop for like an hour straight um but yeah, I just kept going. I think initially that was my motivator was the fact that I could see how far I'd regressed. Like I just had no level of fitness. And I slowly, very, very slowly started seeing progress in terms of how long I could do the DVDs for. And then I started seeing progress in the movements I could do. So I could notice that like maybe a lunge was getting easier, just a reverse lunge. I could feel that my balance was getting a little bit better. And after a couple of months, I had got to the point where I could almost almost do a push up on the floor and that was a huge motivator. So I really think, and I always say to people, like if you're going through a process where you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to gain strength, whatever it might be, track your progress. Cause it was something at first I didn't do. I didn't take photos. I didn't take measurements nothing. I didn't take any videos of my training and because quite frankly, I didn't want to. Yeah. And then, um, I sort of kicked myself because I saw so much progress and that for me is, has always and still is my main motivator to keep going when I'm finding things are hard because there is no doubt about it. Whatever you're doing, there's always going to be times where you feel demotivated. And I always say you can't rely on motivation because it will come and go. You know, motivation will be there when everything in your life is great and it can take one little thing, one bad email, one bad exchange in the supermarket to take your motivation away for the day. And people often can use that almost as an excuse to to give everything up and say it's not working, but you just need to be determined to keep going no matter what and really be able to dig deep and find things that you can like tangible evidence that you can see has shown that you are making progress and for me that was fitness in terms of like my weight I like I never really had a specific goal weight so that wasn't a huge thing for me but that was the other thing I, I could see that my clothes were getting bigger and that I was starting to feel like everything was easier I could walk upstairs easier I was my work was a lot easier and that was a huge motivator for me so if people are in the same situation I 
always recommend tracking your progress in so many different metrics. And if your goal is weight loss, I usually would say that tracking your weight or your physical, how much space you're taking up physically, is probably the least important progress marker. Because you know, if I have a client who comes back to me and their goals are weight loss and general health, and they say, I'm sleeping better, and I went and bent down to pick up my dog yesterday and it yeah. felt easier, for me, those things are far more better, far more important than you know, maybe weighing five kilos less, although that can still be great as well. Yeah. Let's stay on the on the mindset thing because we we want to get into a little bit of um, strength training and and stuff um, in terms of just building strength and things that you've done over the years to to sort of accelerate that or to get some success in it. One thing that you mentioned again when I watched a couple of your videos was around um, not training for aesthetics. Uh, Jack and I talk about this all the time um, because we've, we've I've spoken quite openly about male dysmorphia before in the past and stuff which I still like battle with not to a point where it's chronic but like it's a constant niggle in the back of mind. Yeah. Give me some insight on on your view of, of aesthetics versus what else, well, what the other side of that conversation is, I guess, when it comes to training. Yeah. Again, it's something that I have struggled with. I continue to struggle. I think every a lot of people do. And um, especially as someone who's been overweight and come back from that, it's something that still plays on my mind a lot. And I talk about it in my videos. And I think um, men deal with it a lot and they don't talk about it as much, but it's very much spoken about in female um, circles. But I think there's definitely a good movement to make people feel more comfortable. But um, in terms of training for aesthetics, it can be very easy to be sucked into that world of training with the main goal to be, to look a certain way or to weigh a certain weight. And I, I actually really think that calisthenics is probably the first type of training that I ever did that really didn't make me feel that way because it really was about seeing progress and making friends and feeling good about myself. And that was amazing. And I, I think from my experience as well is working with women who want to get into calisthenics, that often comes across to me that their main goal is not an aesthetic based goal. It's actually, I want to be strong or I want to be functional or I want to be able to do a handstand and a push up. And I think that's a fantastic part of calisthenics training. Um, I think it's very multifaceted. I don't know specifically why calisthenics does that to people, but I think again, it's just part of the fact that it becomes a lifestyle, it becomes a, an enjoyment and a fun thing to do and a collaborative thing. Whereas, and I'm not here to like put down any other training. Of course, it's great to do training, in, you know, free weights training or whatever it might be that you choose to do. But sometimes they can be so aesthetic based or it comes across that way at least, that it can really get into your mind that that is the main goal of that training. And you know, I've been sucked into that as well as a personal trainer working in a gym for a while. I almost got sucked into that mindset where I was changing my style of training and I was becoming unhappy with the way I was training because it was making my body look away that I didn't and I'd started to become quite obsessive about it. Uh, whereas as soon as I get back into calisthenics, I feel like that just releases from me and I just end up enjoying my training and the body part of it and how I look becomes less of an important thing to me. Yeah. I, th I think of it as, um, as this way. You, you said when you saw um, a lady doing um, a pull-up, you're like, that looks cool. Like, that you 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 want to be able, I want to be able to do that and that was you know we I remember me and Tim watching some Frank Madrano videos way back in the day and it was like you saw it and you were like the first thing was like that looks cool I want to be able to do some of that cool stuff and then 
the secondaries like the guy's ripped as well or he looks like he's in great shape and i'm sure the the woman that you've watched doing pull-ups like looked strong um yeah but the primary thing is that you're engaging with this like i want to be able to do that thing um and that's that's just such a different um approach mentally when you're trying to what can your body do rather than how it looks um and you say as as you say there we found the same thing like it's freeing um you know we're not going to like pretend that we don't want to also like look good and feel good because those two those things go hand in hand but um it's not the primary focus i think of it as more of a, a byproduct if you get those other areas of your life as well like your nutrition your stress management all those other lifestyle factors that are gonna um, and then you've got your genetics as well they're all going to play a part in how you then look um, and you're not in control of all those things but you are in control of what you can do with your body um so having having goals and aspirations that are based on things that are in your control are way better for you than things that some of those things that aren't aren't in, aren't in the aren't in your control i had a question um just about any any differences you see um with we've talked about this before we came on air like me and tim don't know what it's like to be a female trying to do your first pull-up you talked about that being your sort of first impossible like what differences have you seen with um, do you uh, you know are all your clients female do you have some male clients as well and just that conversation with a dip is them is there differences um in terms of of how we need to approach those for between the male female split i think it's interesting so something that has really become apparent to me over the last well since i've sort of started to work a lot on my youtube channel is that i always felt that i i was really the only girl that i knew doing calisthenics other than sort of the top tier people that you see on instagram and um so i didn't really know anyone like personally that did it and so I always just assumed that it probably wasn't really something that a lot of women were interested in, um, that type of bodyweight training. And it's really apparent to me now that I've seen like people come to me, comments on my Instagram, sorry, my YouTube, and just talking in general to people that a lot of women are extremely interested in getting into calisthenics, especially from a beginner perspective, but they feel like it's completely um, unaccessible to them. And um, it's, it's interesting because I never really felt that way when I was in that position. However, I did come from a point where I had absolutely no strength. We're talking no push-ups. I couldn't hang on a bar. I had no balance coordination to get into a handstand or anything like that. And I just kept chipping away at it. And I never really compared myself to, for example, how easy it would be for a male, because I, I know it's still challenging for a, a, ma a man to build up the strength for calisthenics and there's like I say it's one of those things that's scalable you know something that might be hard for like a pull-up for example a basic pull-up might be really difficult for one person and then doing an L-sit pull-up or something like that might be hard for someone as well so there's always scalable and I think that's quite comforting to know because it's not so much based on okay you can lift x amount of weight up or you're you know you're strong or you're weak it's it's relative to your body and how you your effort. So I think as a beginner, that was something that never really affected me too much. Um, but it is definitely challenging a style of training. And I always say to people that calisthenics and bodyweight training is almost frustrating in the top, in the concept that it takes a long time to see progress in a move. But when you do get it, it's just so, so worthwhile that it was worth the, the weight and the effort. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, for example, doing a pull-up for the first time took me a good six, seven months to be able to do one. And even after that, it was slow progress. And same with push-ups, handstands, all that stuff. I mean, it's been years, and I'd still say my handstands could do with a lot of work. Um, We're the but, same. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's just so, so worthwhile. And uh, I find I get so much more enjoyment out of that than lifting a weight from A to B, for example. Um, but I think for anyone who's a beginner, there's a lot of other people that are interested in getting involved. And like I say, the community is very collaborative and they want to help. So in terms of getting started, it's just, it's just taking that first step again and getting started to whatever level you are and slowly working your way up. Mm. And, and what have you found over the years has worked for you, Lucy, in terms of like breaking through plateaus? Because some of the stuff you find in calisthenics, you can hit, a, you can be going really, really well. And then all of a sudden, just things aren't progressing anymore. And, and you mentioned before about how important that is in terms of tracking progress. Um, yeah. How have you kind of dealt with those sort of periods in your, in your training over the years? I mean, they are super, super frustrating. And I'm very intuitive in the way that I train. So I'm very much just to go out and try person. I would rarely do reps and sets and set myself a specific workout in calisthenics and go and do that. So I suppose that's a little bit different for, from a lot of people, but I would just do something every, you know, I'd go in my room for a, my little gym room for a couple of hours and I'd just be doing handstands the whole time, but there was no structure to my training. And in a way I felt that that helped me a little bit just mentally with those plateaus because I wasn't necessarily noticing any dips in my training as much things might feel difficult but I wasn't noticing that oh it's been two months and I've not been able to do this for example because I was just going oh you know what I feel like doing some pull-ups today or I feel like trying handstands or I feel like doing push-ups or mixing it all so for me having that intuitive um, aspect to my training really helped me but again it's super frustrating in terms of not seeing progress when you have seen progress previously and in those times I think looking back again and just seeing how far I had come was a really massive help for me. And I think that's always going to be something that helps anyone is to look back and say, okay, well, let's see where you've come from because you may not be making progress this last week or this month, but you've made a hell of a lot of progress mm. over the last year or two years. And so that's always worthwhile tapping into. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point in terms of making sure that you're looking back to see where you've come from, because you'd have, especially when you've got some context and you, you'd have felt and experienced those plateaus before, but one thing which massively has helped me over the last couple of years with those is, is just accepting the long game and that you, are, you want to get these things nailed down because that's what we're like as humans. We want to kind of take on a new challenge and we want to kind of tick it off and then move on to the next thing if we're trying to push forwards. But I think not beating yourself up over any given week, like you say, knowing that actually if it takes me two months or six months or a year, I'm actually all right with that because what's the rush? there's no race I'm not competing for I haven't got to be ready on a certain day to go and um, go and attend a competition and try and beat somebody else I'm just doing it because I love it so if I just stop loving it because I'm getting frustrated then I'm just putting myself in a negative cycle so I think it's it's finding peace with that and you make a good point I often don't look back as how far I've come up but I've found peace in looking forwards um, but yeah I think the longer you stay in the game the more comfortable you get with the plateau periods right because you've had them before and you know you've got through them and it's just it's literally just got to ride them through look at your training look at what you're doing maybe try something a little bit different um but ultimately just stay in the game and keep chipping away so I think that's great advice yeah I always yeah, think of think... oh go on sorry Liz, here you go <laughs> no I was just gonna say that 100% and I also sort of looking into the future as well I always feel like like I said calisthenics doesn't really have an end point there's always something more you can do mm. so I feel like 
doesn't matter how quickly I'm progressing or anything like that. I'm loving what I'm doing at the moment and I will always have something to challenge me. So that I find quite a lot of comfort in and I don't worry so much about plateaus in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I like that. I like that sort of, uh, that approach towards it. Cause if you get, often we get a lot of questions that are like, how long will it take me to do X? And you're like, oh, I'm not sure you're asking the right question. It should be like, what's the process to do X? Because the time is going to be different for everyone. But what right. you're making me think as you say there is that, well, once you've done that thing that's really frustrating for you anyway, once you can do it, you're then only going to move on to then the, the next thing. We all know what that's like. It's like, oh, I can do that now. I'm going to try and do the next thing. And honestly, it only gets more frustrating the better yeah. you get because the yeah, stuff yeah. you've got to do is harder. So actually, so, yeah. if you get a plateau and you're in the beginning years, just flipping, just love it because it's not yeah. going to last yeah. that long. <laughs> yeah, and that and that ultimately you're going to get over that frustration and then you're going to just you're going to conjure up some more frustration for you. And just uh, I've said this a couple of times recently. Those frustrations and something taking a long time to do that's what makes it so much more rewarding. Like if it, if you tried to do your put first pull up and you did it after two weeks, you wouldn't be talking about it with the enthusiasm and that, you know, you can tell that like that was a, that is a big thing. And it's the same for all the stuff that we've all worked hard for. Um, yeah. And just on that, in terms of doing things that are impossible, my sort of final question is around, we talk about redefining your impossible. Um, and obviously your, it sounded like your, I was going to ask you what your first one was, but it sounded like your pull-up was that, was that one. But what's the, what's in the impossible box now? What's the, what are some of the things that you are trying to do that feel impossible that you really want to do? Uh, I think the one that I have been working on for years is press handstands. Nice. Oh, press handstands. They are just my absolute nemesis, but um, I, my training's very up and down with them because I tend to do them. And then I've had a couple of injuries which just stopped me from my training. And yeah. as soon as you stop with press handstands, it's about going right back to the beginning again. And of course, there's just so many, just so many different parts of a press handstand that you've got to work on. So for me, press handstands and muscle ups have sort of been my two goals for a while now. And um, like I say, injuries have sort of come and go and work kind of gets in the way sometimes, but I'm slowly chipping away at it, getting there. But those are my two sort of impossibles at the cool. moment. Are you trying on rings or on the bar or both for your muscle-up? Um, I'm mainly doing muscle-ups on the rings, cool. um, but I have tried a couple on the bars, but I just need to work on my sort of high, high pulls and explosive yeah. pull-ups yeah. a bit more before. Yeah, we'll get there one day. <laughs> It'll be worthwhile, I know yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> join muscle up club it's a great we're waiting yeah. we're waiting it's a great for you now well no we'll uh, we'll hook you up with some we'll hook you up with some um some stuff and give you some give you some help on them for sure yeah no that'll be good so lucy thank you so much for your time today it's been great to chat to you in um, a super inspiring story and um what i think was just uh, great to to hear from you is to just to get it's like an echo chamber today. Like there's some of the stuff that you're saying is like mm. so good to, for us to hear back because it's the same like beliefs and philosophy that we have around calisthenics. And um, yeah, so I, just, I think it's been really inspiring for people. And I'm sure there'll be people out there that are listening to this that will benefit a ton from um, from the from your uh, expertise, experience and knowledge um, for just getting started if that's where they're at, but also just what this journey is about and what the real key important things are from a, from a health perspective from physical health, but also mental health. So you've, you've done a great job today, ticked a load of boxes for people, I'm sure. Good, no, I hope so. And just, I guess if I could leave it with anything, it's just knowing that if you're a beginner and even if you're overweight or you're sedentary or you're old or you're young, 
there's always something that you can do. You know, it might be hard at first, but it's worthwhile and it's always something you can do. So definitely get involved. Yeah, and you are you are living uh, living proof of that. <laughs> if people um, don't follow you um, on Instagram or want to check out YouTube, where's where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, so YouTube is just Lucy Lismore, it's my name, and uh, got obviously workout videos on there and lots of stuff about weight loss and all that sort of stuff. Um, Instagram is Lucy Lismore Fitness, so you can follow on there as well. It's Ooh. all again calisthenics. Go on. <laughs> I've got a question actually, Jacko. Not for Jacko oh, was surprised you didn't start with this one. How'd you get a blue tick? Yeah, no, yes, straight up, verified. <laughs> we haven't got straight a blue up. tick. She's legit. She's Why have legit. we not got a blue she's, tick yet? She's more legit than us. Have you not got one yet? No. Can't get one. They won't give us I one. Just woke, I woke up with one. I got a message in my inbox from one of my friends, and he's like, you got a blue tick? And then he WhatsApp me, you got a blue tick? She didn't even try, Jacko. Yeah, did she you have any forms party? in? Didn't have to submit any evidence. <laughs> Instagram, see, it's crooked. It's not fair. It's not a fair platform. Oh, they're not going to verify so you say that to him. Mark, well, is it, that listen, well, just don't cut send this as evidence. I'll, uh, I'll put a complaint into Instagram. For don't you, do that. Like, put a recommendation in. One blue tick to up. another. Put my boys up. Anyway, yeah, we're not bitter about it. We're not bitter about it. So, Lucy, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the podcast, spending some time with us. If people don't follow you yet, we recommend you get over to her Instagram and her YouTube and give her a follow. And also, if you haven't given us a review yet uh, for the podcast, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to the podcast and give us uh, as many stars as that review process can give. Often it's five. at least five. Five. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, I don't know, do some places do like 10? Like, we'll have 10, I'll have them yeah. if they want. Basically, the most, most that is permitted. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um other than that it's been a fantastic podcast thank you for coming on until next time class dismissed so tim i don't know if you're anything like me you are will be uh both inspired and motivated by um not just well partly obviously uh, lucy's lucy's story and her transmission i'm still trying to get my head around like losing 30 kilo in, in seven months um but also just her, her energy and her enthusiasm for training, for helping others, uh, for, for just that enjoyment she seems to get. And you can tell in the, the tone of her voice of being part of that community. And that's something that obviously resonates with us because, you know, that's one of the, the greatest gifts that Calisthenics has given to us, the, the community of all of you guys and girls out there. Yeah, I think one of the things that really sort of resonated for me when she was talking, it kind of, I got that feeling of anxiety when she spoke about it because I was trying to think about a time when I'd been in a similar situation where she said she could see the park that she wanted to go and train at from the car and she would sit in the car plucking up the courage to go out there and train. And we've probably all been in those situations where you're going into a new environment and you kind of sit there in the car, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, like I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then you're out of the car and you commit to it. And I think that's just a really great, um, picture and example of times when we've just got if we're a bit unsure about doing something uh, particularly when you're going to go and put yourself out there and potentially sort of be around other people and, and be worried about what people's judgment is that you just got to get on the front foot because you can see that if she'd not done that then it would have her life would have been poorer for it because she would have never have experienced all the benefits and developed that passion that she's now got for for bodyweight training and calisthenics and that and like i just like total respect to her for doing that because it's yeah. not a like jack and i walk into calisthenics with a decent amount of strength training background i wasn't comfortable in a gym um, i've never really had that feeling of what it's like to be fearful to go into a gym training environment so um yeah total respect for for lucy for what she did and hopefully that's inspiring for other people who also have those worries and concerns about about moving in those kind of or going into those environments but take it as courage encouragement that, they, that there is some real gold there if you can if you can bring yourself to, to, to take that that initiative yeah there's a couple of key things for me were um 
around that mindset of uh, deciding to to make to make a change starting with actually her encouragement was like just get started just do something like something is better than nothing um and then understanding your why and your motivation um she did mention about but probably more about your why because she said like motivation will come and go whereas your why understanding what it is you're trying to do um and what's the longer term effect of that you know that that message of longevity and we talk about investing in your physical pension was echoed by um but by Lucy and, and her why was was around that she'd realized that it needed to make changes um for 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 better health uh, in the future i think that's something that we should all be um all be encouraged by and um hope you can take take some steps literally today as you listen to this to to make a make a positive change with your own with your own training your own longevity moving forward and a really nice story just to wrap this one up was um i knew that lucy had spent some time in australia before we got in the podcast but jacko has set up the details i don't think that you that he knew particularly but i didn't know that she wasn't in australia so I, she jumped on the call and i was like oh where are you in australia and she's like oh no i'm just down the road from you guys i'm actually i'm in newark which is like literally half an hour from where we <laughs> like, live what? and she's been to a workshop she's connected with owen and josh a couple of our coaches offline and, and it's just like she was already part of the community um so she knew what we were all about and it was just from our side we were like oh crikey we, we probably should have known that like, yeah, i told her should tell her off like and anyone else off if you're if you if you feel part of this this community but you haven't actually come over and said hello to us whether that's virtually or with a dm or whatever or you know see us in person or whatever it may be that you have to come and say hello to each yeah, other, we love to that. us and each other. We went on holiday uh, to South Africa when we ran a, well, we went, ran a workshop and we were on holiday at the same time, but we had a couple of people just come up to us and, and uh, just say hello. And it's not about us being recognised. It's like, it's genuinely because we just love meeting people that are also um, part of a community. And sometimes when it's me and Jacko in a filming studio creating content or running a workshop, we forget that there's like, well, it's easy to kind of forget there's so many other people out there that are also on their own calisthenics journeys. And we just love it when you guys share that. So more of that on social, more of that if you see us around, more of that when you come to workshops just uh, bring that community together and just uh, let's all bring it we can all kind of move forwards as a collective and as ever thank you so much for your support for listening to the podcast we really do appreciate it and for being part of the scorecard sense community if you want to get started and go a little bit deeper with your training then we'd love to have you join us inside the virtual classroom become an online member with us and all of the other people in that online community we've got a seven day free trial on the memberships all the time so you can test it out for free for seven days see if you like it details for that for the virtual classroom are at schoolofcalisthenics.com and the links will be in the show notes as well so massive thanks to lucy for joining us on this one and uh, we're looking forward to next week's podcast whoever that might be class dismissed